the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Jeffrey Epstein is still dead. And you're supposed to believe that he committed suicide all by himself. You're also supposed to believe that his girlfriend and pimp, Jelaine Maxwell, was convicted of procuring uh, underage girls for him and his friends in high places, but hasn't been asked to provide a list of uh, Jeffrey's friends in high places. Over the weekend, we learned that Joe Biden's Central Intelligence Agency director, William J. Burns, showed up on Jeffrey's appointment calendar and scheduled multiple appointments with him when he was working in the Obama administration. And that was after Jeffrey was convicted of child sex crimes and got a sweetheart deal from a local prosecutor in Florida that allowed him to leave prison during the day. Remember that? Well, Dylan Howard wrote a book called Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, three years ago. And he was a guest on this show. And I remembered him, when I saw this story, I remembered him talking about how the espionage factor in the Epstein, Epstein story uh, was being ignored by the media at that time and still has been. So I decided to replay that interview for you coming up after the break in the show. I think you'll find it interesting. And also for something completely different, uh, we'll talk about the NCAA's new president and the future of college sports and how he'll deal with overseeing a system that allows players to transfer a transfer for any reason and go to the school that promises to pay them the most money. And if we have time, I'll see if I can work in a, some more stories about just how slimy the Biden family is. Stick around. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 
Pillow has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. Make every day count with your finances. Here's a tip from the founder of Debt Proof Living, Mary Hunt. One of my favorite ways to save money is to make it difficult to spend. For your day-to-day spending, lock up the plastic. Now, use cash only. Sure, it's not convenient, and that's the point. I promise you will spend a lot less, and that means money to save. Here's another idea. Cook dinner together at home. As food prices climb, eating out has become a big budget buster by the time you add in tax and tip. Are you a coffee lover? Well, make it at home. $3.95 five days a week. You know what that is? That's $1,027 in a year. Another easy way to spend less money is to borrow or rent things you'll only use occasionally. Things like yard tools and DVDs. Get a whole wallet full of ideas online at Facebook.com slash Make Every Day Count from Focus on the Family. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? Well, that's about to change thanks to a new initiative from Autism Speaks. Lee Container, the J. Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund and Delivering Jobs that seeks to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Lee Container is a family-owned business that has found success by staying true to the golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. There are hundreds of thousands of people with autism and people with intellectual or developmental differences who are ready and willing to work in our communities. Our coalition is committed to hiring an inclusive workforce, providing training for hiring professionals, and providing guidelines for all employees. Together, we can create a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. Will you join us? We are inviting other businesses, institutions, and community leaders to join in. To learn more, please visit autismspeaks.org slash employment. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. As I told you in the open of the show, a story about Jeffrey Epstein over the weekend caught my eye. Town Hall and the Wall Street Journal reported that Epstein's private calendar showed Epstein had close ties to the guy who's now the head of the CIA under Joe Biden, a guy named Burns, and a lawyer who worked in the Obama administration named Catherine Rumler. Now, I remember this interview that I did back then with Dylan Howard. He's the author of Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. That was back in July of 2020. Thought you might find what he said back then about all the espionage pretty interesting. Dylan, thanks for being here. John, good to be with you. So uh, what exactly uh, was the role that Jelaine Maxwell played? I mean, we uh, everybody has heard that he procured uh, young girls for him, but to what extent and... How, how guilty is she? Well, first of all, Ghislaine Maxwell has been steadfast in her denials of any wrongdoing. Now, if she's guilty of anything at this point, it's excessive hubris in the sense that she didn't believe that she was going to be arrested. But the reality was 
that when Jeffrey Epstein died, even when they charged Jeffrey Epstein, the Department of Justice said that this was an ongoing investigation into a criminal enterprise. That enterprise being the trafficking of children uh, for sex purposes and for the purposes of obtaining compromising information on the rich and powerful for which Maxwell and Epstein sold to various foreign intelligence agencies. Now, the six-count indictment for which Deslane has pleaded not guilty alleges that she was also involved in the sexual acts with minors, which is a, is a troubling and startling revelation as to her involvement in this scheme. Now, you mentioned about the uh, dealing with intelligence agencies. You don't hear much about that. The, most of what you hear is the, the salacious stuff, the, the, uh, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll part of it. Um, but how, how much of a, um, of a part of, of all of this was the, the blackmailing and the, the dealing with intelligence agencies from other countries? A huge part. The reality was that Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, uh, was a spy for Israel's Mossad. He was a former British press tycoon who once also owned the New York Daily News. In the late 1980s, the business of spying was transferred to Ghislaine and her young boyfriend at the time, Jeffrey Epstein. These two continued on a pattern that Robert Maxwell had established, specifically working for Israel, Russia and Saudi Arabia. Much has been made about how Jeffrey Epstein amassed his $600 million fortune. This goes a long way to explaining it. He would boast to others that he worked for the likes of Adnan Khashoggi, the famous, notori- the famous and notorious Saudi Arabian arms dealer. Their connections to foreign intelligence were hinted at in the court hearing when the judge denied her bail. They said that she had the connections, the foreign connections, to be able to flee the country. Now, with that said, again, this comes back to the hubris of Ghislaine Maxwell. For 12 months, she has been living in seclusion, she says, on the basis that the media was hounding her. Mm. But she quite easily could have pulled a Roman Polanski and fled to France, where she holds citizenship and where extradition is to the USA is notoriously difficult. She had the means to do it, but she didn't believe that she was ever going to be charged. Now, was uh, when I saw that she they found her in the, in the house in New Hampshire, which was pretty secluded. Um, and if you think she, if you say that she didn't think she was going to be charged, she seemed to be hiding from somebody. Was she hiding from people who thought who she thought might want her not to be on the planet anymore? That's spot on. Uh, that is that is my understanding. She had five uh, retired British military operatives as bodyguards. You don't have five military bodyguards to keep the press at bay. Now, why does Ghislaine think that she would never be charged? Well, in the late 2000s, Jeffrey Epstein struck a plea deal in Palm Beach County in Florida in which he pled to one uh, charge of solicitation of a prostitute, not a minor, a prostitute. Um, it was described as the sweetheart deal of the century. It effectively right. afforded him um, jail time for a year, but he could leave the jail and go to his office during working hours. As part of that plea deal, he negotiated immunity and protection for others, others being alleged co-conspirators. Now, Epstein was set to invoke this as his defence prior to his apparent suicide And Maxwell, I understand, sought counsel in recent months from high-profile lawyers who said that that cooperation, that immunity agreement, would stand up. Now, the Southern District of New York believes it will not, and it believes that that plea deal is only isolated to that one county 
and that the other 94 federal jurisdictions in the United States do not have to abide by that immunity agreement. This is not being tested in a court of law, and if it does, it could open the floodgates to many individuals being charged with criminal offences despite taking immunity or plea deals elsewhere in other jurisdictions. We're talking to Dylan Howard. He's the author of Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, So the people who that she was apparently hiding from, uh, how powerful are are they or how powerful are the people that uh, uh, the people who might be trying to snuff her out? Uh, who, the people that they represent. I mean, who are we talking about here? Uh, not without. I don't know if you want to say uh, if you have specifics, but just the kinds of people that might be really nervous right now about what she's about to sing. Well, if this case goes to trial, which I doubt that it will, it has the potential to be one of the most explosive trials the world has ever seen, because Delane would have to tell all about the espionage tactics. Those that might might want her silenced are not necessarily those that have been blackmailed or those that have compromat in the hands of foreign intelligence. It would be the foreign intelligence themselves. Here is an asset that has been snookered and has the potential to give up their secrets, how they Mm -hmm. operate, how they've operated on US soil without impunity. So... I think her concern were the powers above her. Well, the, uh, the I think the judge said the, set the trial for next July, a year from now. You don't think that trial is ever going to happen. What is going to happen? Well, there are three distinct routes that could be uh, taken right here. It goes to trial. The Southern District of New York rarely takes criminal cases to trial because their cases are so watertight they're unimpeachable. Mm -hmm. So what would be happening right now behind closed doors is federal prosecutors would be putting the squeeze on Ghislaine and telling her, you're facing 35 years and you're likely to get 35 years. Just take a look at how the courts handled Harvey Weinstein. They threw the book at him. Bill Cosby, they threw the book at him. You're You're going away for the rest of your life and you'll never see daylight. Now, that opens the opportunity for her to either tell some information and plead, plead down her, her indictment to lesser counts um, or maybe some counts are dropped and she gets maybe 10 to 20 years jail. Or three, she sings like a canary. I'm told she won't sing on certain individuals. But you don't get a choice. If you're going to sing against one, you sing about all. And that chorus would be potentially explosive. So um, can you name some people who might be the most nervous right now? People that that are recognizable names? (laughs) Well, look, the reality of the matter is this criminal enterprise doesn't discriminate. Uh, Both aisles of ideological lines, both aisles of the political Uh, spectrum are implicated in this. As we know, Bill Clinton has sought to minimise his involvement with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He said that he only flew on uh, the Lolita Express, his private jet, as it was dubbed on a handful of occasions, while I'm juggling 28 times, so my hands are full. That's how many times Bill Clinton flew on the plane. That doesn't mean he did anything nefarious, but they certainly weren't talking about what happened on Sunday night football. At the time, his wife was a senator serving on various committees. Do you think they were talking about geopolitics? Absolutely. Would that information have been beneficial to foreign intelligence agencies? Absolutely. Likewise, President Donald Trump has sought to minimise his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. He sort of talks about Marilyn. So I think most people, Dylan, think that it's more about Bill Clinton and people like him and, and Donald Trump or any political figure being embarrassed more than it is about um, the espionage part of it. It's, the, it's, it's a narrative that people don't necessarily want to pursue because if you look down the rabbit hole, you might find something sinister. But the reality of the matter is 
a whistleblower has gone on the record to say Epstein and Maxwell were spies. He was a former handler for Ghislaine's father, Robert Maxwell. His name is Ari Ben-Mashani. He lived in Montreal now. Um, he has a dubious past, but at the same time, um, he was an asset of Israel. And believe it or not, the amount of times that Israel has been caught spying on the United States in recent years is hundreds. Um, likewise, the United States spies on other foreign entities. Uh, the idea of espionage, as seductive as it is to talk about right now, is not necessarily, necessarily something the mainstream media will pursue, in my view, because it doesn't fit how they want to cover the news. And that is a biased agenda from the left to get Joe Biden elected and from the right to get Donald Trump re-elected. And this doesn't fit within the narrative if people are talking about espionage. But at the very heart of this story is if the United States government allowed Maxwell and Epstein to operate on United States soil as foreign spies that were known to the government then that is a fundamental problem for the American people. So let me see, let me guess, see if I got this straight. You're saying that the, the American government was aware that what was going on and also was okay with it because it was helping them out with their spying and with their intelligence work? I'm not uh, sure why the U.S. government turned seemingly a blind eye to this, but... Trump's former Labor Secretary, Alex Acosta, has gone on the record to say that his prosecution of Epstein when he was uh, a federal prosecutor yeah. in Florida was curtailed because he was told, this is above your pay grade, stand down. So wow. who told him that? Mm -hmm. Why did they tell him that? When did they tell him that? And on what basis did they tell him that? In my mind, there is no doubt that the United States government as a whole knew about the Maxwell-Epstein sex trafficking ring. And what makes this all the more devastating is that hundreds of young women's lives were destroyed, their souls tattered as a result, potentially, of the government's own actions. That must, that's a much bigger story than Bill Clinton being embarrassed. Um, you know, it that's, is, uh, and it's a pretty big it's deal. By time, the mainstream media woke up to this fact and realized the consequences of our government allowing spies to operate on American soil. I got a last question for you. I only have about 30 seconds left. Did he kill himself? I can't answer it in 30 questions. Here's what I tell you. I believe it was an assisted suicide. I believe he was given the means and opportunity to commit suicide. They knew he was vulnerable. Someone got to him and said, you might as well just take your life. You don't get returned to regular prison population two weeks after attempting to commit suicide, and you're not given regular clothing in order to commit suicide. And that's why Ghislaine Maxwell is wearing paper behind bars as the world's most watched prisoner. Wow. Uh, great stuff, Dylan. I'm out of time. Dylan Howard is the author. The book is Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And it sounds like a good one. Thanks a lot, Dylan. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Federal regulators seizing First Republic Bank and sold all of its deposits and most of its assets to J.P. Morgan Chase. During an investors' conference call, J.P. Morgan CFO Jeremy Barnum says First Republic Banks will be open as normal today. First Republic clients can bank as usual and feel confident that their deposits are backed by the strength and security of J.P. Morgan Chase. First Republic, the third mid-sized bank to fail in less than two months. A Missouri judge blocking a rule that would restrict access to gender-affirming health care to children and adults. St. Louis County Circuit Judge Alan Rapato issued a temporary restraining order blocking the Republican Attorney General's emergency rule on 
transgender health care until a lawsuit challenging it is resolved. Stocks are now lower. The Dow is off 38 points. This is SRN News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I'm 85 years old, and I really wanted to get something to help supplement my diet because I have lost quite a bit of weight and don't eat properly sometimes. So I ordered Balance of Nature, and I love it. In just the short time that I've used this, it's made a big difference. I have a lot more energy, and I feel so much better. I was feeling so dragged out and tired, but now since I'm taking Balance of Nature, it's like I've got a new lease on life, and I'd like to go out with a bang, you know, doing what I enjoy the most. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751. As a special holiday offer, get $25 off plus free fiber and spice with your first preferred order of fruits and veggies. This offer can end at any time. Call or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code CHARLIE. Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah, that was us in 1967. See, we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage gardening, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer Mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Cloudy and cold tonight with showers. Tonight's low 36. Cloudy and breezy tomorrow with a brief shower or two. Remaining cold with a high of 41. Breezy tomorrow evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and cold. Temperatures approaching the record last reached in 1986 with a couple of showers. Low 35. Low clouds Wednesday. Breezy, cold. A passing shower. High 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, March Madness was over a month ago. College football season doesn't start for another about four months, but there's a lot happening in college sports right now, and things have changed a lot in the last couple of years. Maybe not for the better. Jonathan Clark is a contributing editor of City Journal. He joins us now. He wrote about this today. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming on the show. It's my pleasure, John. Thank you very much. So so your piece today is about the new president of the NCAA, a guy named Charlie Baker. Who is he, and uh, how tough is the job he just inherited? Until a few months ago, Charlie Baker was the re- Republican governor of Massachusetts, and it's notable that he was a Republican in a, in a deep blue state because Arguably, that prepares him for this very difficult job that he's going to have uh, convincing all the NCAA member institutions to get together on some very difficult issues and then convincing Congress to pass 
an antitrust exemption to allow him to do anything at all. So he faces a very significant challenge. Yeah, we'll get into the politics of it in a second, but uh, name, image, likeness are the three big new words now. Uh, Players can now earn money while they're playing. Um, How has that changed the perception of major college sports, do you think? When the NCAA agreed to allow athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness, I think most of us thought this was a good thing, that there was a liberty interest uh, at stake here for college athletes. And what I envisioned was that a few athletes would make significant money, hundreds of thousands of dollars maybe for the stars. That the, my mental model was that you know the star left tackle would do a, an advertisement for a local car dealer and be paid ten or twelve or fifteen thousand dollars a little bit to help him with his expenses and maybe maybe set himself up for something later in life. And in fact, uh, this has turned into a free for all in which some of the star players, including high school kids that are being recruited, are, are being offered enormous inducements. Uh, some in the high seven figures or low eight figures, essentially payments, inducements to come play for a particular school. It has gotten very ugly very quickly. The NCAA promised to put some rules in place to create transparency in this in this market, and they haven't done so in, in part because of the legal challenges that, that I'm sure we can discuss. Yeah, so what, what will Congress have to say about what happens going forward here? The NCAA uh, suffered a setback in the Supreme Court uh, in 2021 in a case called Alston v. NCAA. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously against the NCAA in a case involving some rather marginal benefits that the NCAA had ruled that member institutions couldn't pay to players. And the big deal there was not the benefits that were at stake in the case itself, but in the hostility that the court expressed toward the NCAA's student-athlete model. And what this called into question really was the NCAA's ability to regulate the marketplace of college sports at all without attracting lawsuits and potentially liability. So in order for Charlie Baker to regulate NIL and and other sensitive areas of college sports, he's probably going to need Congress to pass an antitrust exemption, that is, to make the NCAA and the conferences and the member institutions immune from lawsuits by student-athletes. And that's a big ask because antitrust exemptions historically have been hard to come by and because there are people in Congress on both sides who may be hostile to the NCAA for one reason or another. So he's going to have, first of all, a difficult job convincing his member institutions that they need to act together. Some of these member institutions have very divergent interests. And then he's going to have to go to Washington and be a lobbyist on behalf of of the NCAA uh, to get the protection, the legal protection that he needs. Well, I'm a free market guy and a conservative, and um, I saw and a, and a guy who covered sports for a long time, and I I kind of saw this coming, and I always I thought it was ridiculous, and and you know the antitrust exemption that baseball has had for uh, over a hundred years has not been a good thing for anybody except the owners of Major League Baseball teams. Uh, just go talk to an old time baseball player who played before free agency came in in the mid seventies. Guys who were making $30 million a year, not, those guys are making $30 million a year where the, uh, a, a, a player with similar talent and uh, similar um, ranking in, in, a, in, in Major League Baseball 50 years ago was making 42000 bucks a year. Now they're making $30 million. So uh, I, 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 do you have a, I don't know about you, but I have a problem with anybody getting an antitrust exemption. And I don't think it's I don't think it's good for anybody except the the presidents of the colleges. In principle, I'm with you. I mean, as a good capitalist, I believe that that the market, in most cases, offers the best and most efficient and the fairest solution to these problems. The difficulty here is that we have a mass media entertainment complex that been placed on top of a higher education mission that's a little bit in tension with with the values of of entertainment 
Yeah. And so if we had it to do over again, we probably wouldn't put colleges and universities in this business at all. Mm -hmm. But over decades, we've evolved this system where they are in this business, and and so now it's hard to know what to do. Well, speaking of monopolies, the reason that this is happening is that the NFL doesn't have a minor league system because the because the NFL doesn't need to have a minor league system because that's what the colleges provide for them. Same with the NBA. You know, a baseball player, uh, a kid, a baseball player can come out of high school and go play pro uh, ten minutes after he walks out of his high school at graduation if he wants. And so can a hockey player. But a football player and a basketball player can't because the the two leagues have rules that won't allow them in. That's that's a monopoly, and that and that's what I mean. I guess when I when I when you start uh, allowing entities to uh, avoid be uh, the, the antitrust laws, it doesn't help. It ends up hurting more people than it helps. I think, and 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 I think uh, it this whole. Uh, correct me if you uh, feel free to disagree with me on this, but. I think it's the NFL and the NBA that created this, not the colleges. Football is a difficult problem because most 18-year-olds, no matter how athletically gifted they are, are not physically prepared to play professional football. And so the college system, the college farm system, if you will, for the NFL, sort of spreads the risk out by allowing the athlete theoretically to get a college education that's paid for while he builds his body and prepares potentially to be a pro athlete. And for the kids that don't make it, including the plaintiff in this Alston v. NCAA case, they come out at the end of four years, and they may not be good enough for the NFL, but at least they've prepared themselves for the next 40 years of their lives. So in the case of football, which is where the vast majority of the revenues come for the NCAA, I would argue that having a college farm system kind of works works fairly well for everybody. Of course, it does work very well for the NFL, which is a, an, an, an unsympathetic group in terms of you know, very, very rich owners. Having this college farm system is great for them. But I would also argue that it's good for a lot of the kids as well. Oh, yeah, it's good for the kids. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm, I've been around a long time, and it used to be, you know who Mike Ditka is, I'm, I'm assuming, um, oh yeah, Mike Ditko went to Pitt. He chose Pitt to play football back in the fifties because he was. They were known for having a good dental school, and he thought he was probably going to end up going to dental school. And they offered to pay for his dental school. Um, that's not happening now. Uh, there, the kid, there's not. There are no dentists on the or future dentists on the Pitt football team. And if you go back fifty or sixty years. You will find the team populated, and even here around Pittsburgh, uh, they're they're retiring now. But th- we were there were there were dentists all over Pittsburgh whose names were uh, well known because they played football at Pitt. That's not happening anymore. And so, the problem I have with it, um, Jonathan, is that it used to be college kids playing football, and if you were good enough to go pro, that was great. But in the meantime. You got a free education, which now is worth about two hundred and fifty thousand bucks a year if you're going to a, some of the schools where these kids go. So they are they are benefiting if if the college doesn't pay them a nickel for playing football. Well, it depends in part on how much education the the kid, how much advantage the kid takes of the educational opportunity. Well, that's up given. to him. It is, and in some ways, uh, the schools are incentivized to help the kids get degrees. Uh, They suffer penalties in terms of the loss of athletic scholarships if they don't graduate their players at a a sufficient rate. On the other hand, that also creates some negative incentives in the form of academic tutoring and support that may may create a system where a kid gets a degree that actually doesn't have very much value because he's not very well prepared to do anything. Right. The school or, has, or a bogus, the school a bogus major, you know? Yeah, a, bo- yeah. a bogus major, online courses, academic tutors that are writing the papers for the kids. But I do think that that goes on at a lot of schools that care more about football than they do about their academic missions. 
But for a kid that really wants to get a degree and really wants to get an education, I do think the opportunity is there. You just have to be willing and mature enough to take advantage of it at 18, which not everybody is. No, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the, the, and we're talking to Jonathan Clark. You can see his piece at uh, city-journal.org. It's a really good piece on uh, what's ahead for college football. Um, the National Labor Relations Board, as you point out in your piece, says players should be classified as employees. Here's the thing that's always bothered me. If, if that's true... If they're employees because they play football, what's the point of having college have anything to do with it? It seems it's kind of phony to me. Um, that, you know, I've, I've yet uh, since this uh, uh, the uh, the uh, NIL has started, I don't think I've seen any one sentence written about. Well, he transferred from Pitt to Southern Cal, and his credits, uh, he was a little bit concerned that all of his credits would transfer, but they worked that out, and it's going to, you know, he's not going to, it's not going to hurt him academically. They don't even, it's not even a consideration, the academics. It has nothing to do with college when a kid leaves Pitt to play his senior year at USC. Nothing. And that's, that's what bothers me. There are some schools that, draw a pretty firm line on this. I'm a Notre Dame guy. I went to Notre Dame and have written about football for Notre Dame magazine. And and we struggle competitively at times because we can't take a lot of transfers because the admissions department won't cooperate with what the with, with what the coaches want. And so we have to pass on a lot of good athletes who might like to play for Notre Dame because online classes won't transfer classes that don't meet other requirements uh, don't transfer the kids have a foreign language requirement there are various stumbling blocks so there are a lot of institutions that that do try to be pretty firm uh, on these issues but i suppose the vast majority are uh just opening the gate and and letting in whoever whoever the coaches think they need and here's the thing uh, i I'll ask you about this too because this is something i've always thought about uh, notre dame's a good example pretty good school i'd say um, and it, it's not a black-white, it's not a racial thing. You have a good student, white or black, he, and he, maybe he predicts as a good Notre Dame student. He runs a 4-6-40, okay? He doesn't get a scholarship, but a kid who runs a 4-4, he does, and they'll bend the – I'm not picking on Notre Dame, could be anybody, but the, the, the school will bend the rules, let a kid in who most people there know is not – going to be not going to be able to do the work and uh, make it academically but he takes the spot away from a kid who has no chance of playing pro football but has a really good chance of getting a degree from Notre Dame that will help him in his life how often does that happen and I'm I'm just using Notre Dame because you mentioned you're a Notre Dame guy yeah I think it happens a lot uh almost all Notre Dame athletes that stay four years do get their degrees. The mm-hmm. graduation rate for Notre Dame scholar, scholarship athletes is 95 or 97% or something yeah. like that. The question is, you know, if the kid that runs the 4-3, is he going to be a leader in the classroom? Is he going to be a leader in the community? Arguably, most of them are not prepared to do that. They are prepared with help and academic support from the athletic department to muddle their way through with a B average and get a Notre Dame degree and maybe go on to, to coach high school football or be an athletic director somewhere. Is that a trade-off worth making to take a scholarship away from a kid who's better prepared academically? That's a philosophical question. Notre Dame has always answered that question. Yes. And, um, Notre Dame almost uniquely has built its institutional brand on football. So the story of Notre Dame is can't really can't be told without football it's worked it's worked well for notre dame as an institution every every university and and every athletic department has to make its own trade-offs and choices i suppose we're talking to jonathan clark uh he's written a piece for cityjournal.org and you can read it there at city-journal.org um i got about a minute and a half left here um what about having what uh, this will never happen but what 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 about the just having the admissions department decide whether or not a kid gets in to play football, basketball, any sport? If you if you if you qualify academically, you're in. If you don't, you don't. Admissions departments do, of course, have to sign off on scholarship athletes, yeah. but it's a little bit of a bespoke process at every school, right? At, at Notre Dame, or at Stanford, or Northwestern, 
or Vanderbilt, I suppose coaches have some influence in the process, but they're often disappointed, I'm sure, by the decisions of the admissions departments. At schools with generally lower academic standards, I suppose anybody with a high school diploma or a GED gets in. Yeah. And every institution needs to, needs to make decisions about that. I mean, there are some excellent academic institutions like Georgetown and the University of Michigan, places that are really hard to get into. And, you know, if you have a degree from these places, it means a lot in the, in the, in the job market that are not especially strict in terms, of, in terms of admission standards for athletes. These are trade-offs that the institutions make in pursuit of uh, athletic department revenue in terms of the you know, attention that, that athletics bring to the school and, and um, their, their hard choices. And, and um, you know, each institution has to do what it thinks is, is, is best for its brand, I suppose. Hey, Jonathan, I'm out of time. Um, great piece today at uh, City Journal. People can check it out at city-journal.org. I thank you for coming on. Hope to talk to you again. Thanks, John. Appreciate it very much. Okay, we'll be right back. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. She's nine years old with curly brown hair. She watches out her window, just waiting for a family to love her. Maybe you're the one called to adopt her. Or maybe you aren't. Maybe you're the one called to help the family who does. Adopting is a tough time of transition and sometimes trauma, but there are ways you can help. Do yard work, cook some meals, or help around the house. Offer mom and dad a date night. Maybe you can be a mentor or friend to the newly adopted child. Just some ideas to get you started. Maybe you aren't called to adopt, but you can help those who do. Pray and see what God shows you. You could be part of adoption in a whole new way. Go to iCareAboutOrphans.org for more ideas. iCareAboutOrphans.org A message from Focus on the Family. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Hunter Biden is a slime bucket. Everybody knows that. Uh, not because he's a crack addict and be, you know everything we know about him and everything you've seen him do on tape, on video. But he uh, had his uh, hearing today for his child custody child support case and i looked at it it's uh, it's got you know good play on fox i went on cnn.com and it's way down the bottom of the list on their page very little mention of it and the reason they mention it is it's they say that um he will need to sit for a sworn deposition and answer additional written questions about his investments 
art sales, and other financial transactions as part of a paternity-related case. That's according to an Arkansas judge. At an extraordinary two-hour court hearing with all parties in attendance, Hunter Biden's attorney, Abby Lowell, revealed that his client is paying $20,000 in monthly child support, has given $750,000 in total to London Roberts, an Arkansas woman who is the mother of their four-year-old daughter. Now, Lyle told the judge he wanted to refute recent tabloid articles that called Hunter Biden a deadbeat dad, and then he wanted to let the world know that he's paying what is agreed to. So here's the thing. You know who Jonathan Turley is. He wrote a story uh, about this and how the Biden family is just ignoring this four-year-old girl, uh, won't, won't go see her, won't let her come and see them, uh, puts up stockings for all the, all the grandkids at the White House and the dogs, not a stocking for her. And uh, Jonathan Turley says, the viciousness of the Biden family in dealing with this little girl is only matched by that of the media. Reporters who profess to support women and denounce deadbeat dads have either ignored the story or belittled her mother, London Roberts. Turns out uh, that this this woman, Roberts, uh, according to uh, Jonathan Turley, he says, yes, she was an exotic dancer. She used that job to go to one of the most expensive colleges in the country, George Washington University, where I teach. When she became pregnant, she decided to have her child and raise her on her own. She has raised this child without a father and fought one of the most powerful families in the world. However, the effort to bar this child from using the Biden name has moved this scandal from the realm of hypocrisy to monstrosity. It's hard to imagine the pain that this child will experience upon learning of how the Bidens erased any reference to her and fought even her ability to claim to be a member of their family. So, you know what they wanted to do with this little girl who's now four? They wanted to kill her. That's what they wish Hunter would have done. You know, abortion rights, reproductive rights. They wish she would have had the kid aborted before she was born, and then she wouldn't be around and be such an inconvenience. What a slimy, hypocritical, phony family the Bidens are. John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.